0: Great. But here's what he did. RAM it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Oh please just rhyme it. And he
1: really gets into it. Do you know how to rhyme it? Dance of course
0: stories. we will we don't be have to think about it. Like. So let's RAM it. Today. Ram it. Yes. We are going to rhyme it. Just yeah, Rams. That's where he just. Everybody, like I'm not remember any of that. That's the way to go. All of the Rams today and Rams. I mean, now he's like on his
1: feet. Rams. Ram Who's ours? Rams. Wow. Rams. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Rams Brothers. I'm your host Dean, and I'm joined as always by my brother and the other great host of this show, Nick. And Nick, it's the final week of the season. Traveling to go see the San Francisco 49ers with the playoff spot already locked up.
0: But first and most importantly, how are you, my good brother? I'm great. You know, we got a week of of football before getting to the big dance. Feels good. I feel good.
1: Yeah, we were talking about this before the episode. It looks like you're rocking the Cooper Cup nine and dime beige tank top, and I got the bone hat on. So representing a couple of different hours. The wild card hour in 2020, where we uh were able to sneak away with a win against Seattle Seahawks, and then we saw the Green Bay Packers in the divisional round reminds me of Cam Akers running the Wildcat. But we're switched up a little bit. We're trying to wrap all eras of the Sean McVay era in, uh, in hopes that this is a nice little playoff run upcoming.
0: I think that 2020 season, they thought the Rams fans were going to fall in love with the bone jersey. <laughs> and I I guess the sales did not show that at all and they were not falling in love with the bone jersey and now it feels like they're fading them away which is a shame because i i really liked them i thought they were the coolest thing that they showed in the revival and you want a playoff game in them i think the playoff record in bone is 1 and 1 so and you never know it could be released
1: if they find themselves in the divisional round again this season um so this this game's going to be a lot of fun so we know that the rams are 9 and 7 they have to travel to play the 49ers in the final week of the season they've won their last nine regular nine straight Regular season meetings against the Rams, but they lost the most important one in SoFi Stadium, and we all know that the inevitable 2021 NFC Championship game ended in the Rams being crowned world champions in SoFi Stadium. But for this game specifically, they're four-point underdogs, so plus 164. The over/under is set at 41 and a half. The Rams have gone over in five of their last six games, so something definitely to keep an eye on. I think they're eight one against the spread. The Niners are nine and six against the spread. So definitely something else to keep an eye on. 27% of the bets have been placed on the Rams so far. 73% of the bets have been placed on the San Francisco 49ers who are home with a 12 and four record and are the one seed already clinched up. So it's going to be 46, 45 and one career win loss record versus Sam Darnold, who's 21 and 34 career win loss record as a starter. Absolute popcorn. Get your popcorn ready for these two guys to go head to head. But Nick, I think we were talking a little bit before the episode. Actually, we we already recorded an episode prior to this, which we had a, a pretty decent argument about Brett Ripon versus Carson Wentz versus Baker Mayfield. And just wanted to get your, your opinion on what you're expecting from Carson Wentz versus Sam Darnold in this game. Is it similar to Baker Mayfield? Is it similar to Ripon? seems like anybody best game is just throwing a dart.
0: So you tell me what you're thinking. Yeah, I mean. I just don't really have a lot of faith in the backup quarterback position on the Rams right now, based on what we saw from Brett Rippin, um Stenson Bennett prior to that as well. Yeah. Uh, in preseason, I just don't really believe. I mean, and then if you want to go back even further, John Wolford, um, sure. like I, I don't think that they really take that position seriously. So when you put out Carson Wentz, in a game that you're potentially thinking about clinching a sixth seed, I feel like you're just not going into it with 100% effort, which is fine if that's what they decided. But, I mean, you think that Wentz is a little better than Brett Rippon or Bennett or Wolford.
1: No, but I think that that was, that was very well said, right? Because it's like you're going into a game, you're going to weigh the, the differences of Carson Wentz versus Brett Rippin versus Sam Darnold and all the other head-to-head matchups that you're going to potentially see in this game. We're going to probably find out later in the week that San Francisco is going to be resting additional starters outside of the ones that they already named. So, like, I, to me, it's like the, the most recency bias that I have for the back-and-quarterback position is directly linked to Baker Mayfield. But there's also, and you know, it's a top pick. Like Sean McVay has only coached, I think, in seven total games where his starting quarterback wasn't the first overall pick in the draft, right? You got John yeah, Wolford and, and Brett Rippin and um, it's the other quarterback that we had. Um Perkins Baker? Bryce Scott? Perkins.
0: Oh, yep. oh yeah, Bryce Perkins, Perkins right. from last
1: year. But yeah, so I mean it's like and then you're looking at these quarterbacks and you're thinking, I mean, Jared Goff is gonna be starting a playoff game this year. Carson Wentz is playing in the final game of the season for the Rams. These two roles are totally reversed. And I was like thinking to myself also in terms of backup quarterbacks, you could have had Joe Flacco when you had the opportunity. It doesn't seem like they prioritize the backup quarterback position. And thankfully for Joe Flacco's career, it seems like an entire career rejuvenation and everybody is behind him in the Cleveland Browns, but it's it's definitely a conversation worth having because the position ends up rearing its ugly head in these kind of situations and you would be hopeful that you could lock up a 6 seed with a quarterback who is capable of winning you a game even though you have some starters that are out just because there's implications tied with getting in the 6 seed versus
0: the 7th seed and the matchup you could have so i mean yeah you could really argue that if they would have taken kicker and backup quarterback more serious in the off season they could have two more wins this year. The Steelers game is the first one that comes to mind and the Green Bay Packers game. And you flash Joe Flacco on the screen and it's just like, how did they, you know, just let that guy sit there on the couch. I mean, show what he's doing now. I mean, I know hindsight's 2020, but still it's like, you could have picked up Wentz before that game uh, against the Green Bay Packers and lose. So regardless of where they are now, You definitely have to feel better with Wentz in the building than Brett Rippon. I will say that.
1: You're prioritizing a backup quarterback, but you could also prioritize as a kicker in the offseason, right? Like the San Francisco 49ers got rid of Trey Lance. They prioritized bringing in Sam Darnold. They're trying to rally behind Brock Purdy. But like a, a kicker is a really simple situation because the Rams have missed. This is an insane stat. A league worst. 15 combined extra points and field goals this season, which is five more than any other team. If there's one more, I, I'd have to imagine that that's some sort for the Rams. Like I'm, si- I'm not going to sit here and dig up kicker stats, but 16 misses on a season would have to be a record that is shattered if it hasn't already. Been already, but the San Francisco 49ers kicker Jake Moody, who we all made fun of for being drafted in the third round, has made 58 extra points this season, which is the longest streak of makes without a miss ever for a rookie kicker. So I'm sitting there thinking to myself, yeah, you could have probably plugged and played a backup quarterback and a kicker. To your point, won a couple of extra games. And now you're thinking to yourself, what are we dealing with in the final game of the season? Are you going to get more Brett Rippon? Are you going to get more Baker Mayfield and Carson Wentz? It's very much of a question mark. And then you pair that with who's going to be resting and who's not going to be playing in this game.
0: Yeah. I I mean, just like, give me your honest opinion. Do you think that they are trying to like legitimately get this win or, or do you think they're just throwing out guys and, you know?
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's I, I think that they are trying to do the best that they can to prepare some of their starters, their weight bearing walls for a playoff game. It's been a long season. There's obviously the extra game in the last couple of seasons you have an opportunity now to be able to showcase what you can do with the backup quarterback and to be able to get rid of all of the old Brett Rippin thought process, everything bad that's happened over the past couple of years. So I I think that there's a legitimate reason to go in and win the game, but I do think that there are a couple of matchups. Like when you talk about backups on backups and San Francisco, just holistically being the better team that leaves the concern of, are they kind of waving the white flag? Do they not care about the sixth or the seventh seed? So your point is, is totally valid.
0: Yeah, I it's just you do like you think about this game and you're like, okay, winning is important. You know, it's a guaranteed lock in the sixth seed. Where I think right. if you were to you know take a poll of Rams fans, who would you rather play? Uh John or um, Eagles or Dallas, depending on who wins, or Detroit, I'm sure most of them would say Detroit. So, you know, you're you could put yourself in a position to be the sixth seed and not be the seventh seed um, who historically, I know it hasn't been that long in history, but has never won a playoff game. Um, But then again, like on the other side of the coin, every game leading up to this for like the past six weeks, Stafford said it himself has like, they've thought about it like it's a playoff game because to get there, you had to win all those games. So giving them a buy, you know, I think the front office think that is more valuable than that sixth seed, which is totally fine. But at the same time, you're going to go into this game with Carson Wentz and you're going to rally around him and play good football and you're going to hope for the best.
1: (laughs) That is the hope. I mean, so like you said, a win absolutely locks you into the sixth seed and that would mean that you're playing Detroit unless Philly decides to lose to the, the Giants and the Cowboys decide to lose to Washington. I just don't think that that's going to happen, but it's also an opportunity to win five or six games or to win five of six divisional games um, in what men consider to be a rebuilding year, which is highly motivating for vets, for rookies coming back to 24, knowing that the only way you can improve is by sweeping the division the following year. And a team that was once labeled in cap hell had no draft picks would be bottom feeders for the foreseeable future, which saw multiple times on Twitter. I didn't saw them almost every day from April until July. Um, would be winners of 10 games. So they would go three and a half games over their Vegas win-loss total, which was set out. So there's a lot of good things that I feel like would be tied to winning um, alongside of the playoff implications. And rest, I think it's really interesting because this this core, you're not going to see any Brock Purdy in this game, no flexing for Brock, but you know, you might see a little bit, you're not going to see any Christian McCaffrey. You might see a little bit of Fred Warner you might see a little bit of Nick Bosa for the first half of this game. Um, so probably what you're going to get is part of their core, but then there's also some guys that Kyle Shanahan said, he's definitely going to rest. Um, and there's some several players, several injured players who are likely going to be getting the week off. One was McCaffrey. We already mentioned uh de- defense tackle, Eric Armstead just killed the Rams year after year. Tayshaun Gibson, um, Jair Brown, John Feliciano on the offensive line, Ambry Thomas, cornerback, and backup tight end Ross Duffy ankle are all going to be listed potentially as out. But Debo is one player that's like, eh, maybe I'm going to play a little bit. He needs four yards to join Charlie Taylor as the only player with at least 4,000 y- re- receiving yards and 1,000 rushing yards in his first five seasons. So I'd imagine he's going to be begging for it. Guys like Kittle, guys like Ayuk are already over 1,000. 000- in the season. You might see them play a few possessions, but I don't expect them to play the majority of the game, similar to the way that the Rams or starters are going to be out. Stafford, Kyron, Cooper Cup, Joe Boom, and then on the defensive side of the ball, Ernest Jones and Aaron Donald all officially ruled out in this game. Tyler Higby's also been showing up on reports, which I think is really interesting um, because I think he's five yards away from getting a $125,000 roster incentive for going over 500 yards on the season but he's been one that's like been ruled out for games. And then like at the last second, they're like, no, yeah, Tyler Higby's actually playing today. So the expectation for Higby, I think is still very much up in the air, but I think there are a couple of very, very important records to keep an eye on. And I think it's theoretically going to keep the Rams in this game.
0: Like, I think you, not, you have Kuka Nakua chasing. No, Tyler I mean, I, I was just going to say, I didn't have no idea about that Tyler Higby incentive. So I think he'll definitely play to, you hit that. I, mean, <laughs> I would think somebody's got a shoulder If they're back. that close, they usually give him that opportunity.
1: I would also think that the Rams, because he is so close, would pay out the bonus if they had to. And Tyler had asked for it because he's been such a long-tenured Ram, but maybe he has to go out and earn it. I've seen scenarios where Belichick and Gronkowski and Tom Brady have to kind of scheme to get Gronk his final yard. Or I don't know if that was when they were with Bruce Arians and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But there's some really good potential – records at stake. We've showed this one before, Puka Nakua, 1,455 yards with one game to play. He needs just official stats. I want to make sure that I'm breaking this all down correctly. Four catches away from the all-time receptions record. Jalen Waddell has 104 catches in in 2021, and now Puka Nakua has 101 heading into the San Francisco matchup. So four catches, he shatters the all-time receptions record. He's also just 11 yards away from breaking Jamar Chase's totals of 1,455 yards, which was also said in 2021. But it's Bill Roman. This is the guy we're chasing after. This is the record that everybody wants Puka to get. This is the record that Puka Nakua and Sean McVay are collectively saying that we want to be in the game and we want to try and break a record for history purposes.
0: Yeah. I like, I totally love that. Um, I think there's going to be, you know, NFL naysayers are going to be like, well, the season's longer, but. Whatever a lot of things have changed. Um, I keep him in for that, sure. Like that's totally fine. But if you're gonna be sitting all of your most important important players, after he gets that, I would love for him to come right out. <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly. This totally is totally so Peter fair. Schrager, So you and Peter Schrager are on the exact same page. Four screens, maybe a touch pass, which is a very, very cheap reception. Right? Perhaps a shovel pass. Thirty yards and out you go, Puka Nakua. You've set the all-time rookie receiving record. You have overachieved all expectations. You've become the new Robert Woods for this offense, and um, Rams fans uh, across the world. Could you couldn't be more thankful?
0: You could argue that he's better. Yeah, you, you really could argue that he has done more. Uh, the Cup and Woods. It's weird too because Woods never eclipsed Cup during the tenure, like cup was always one and there's like legitimate like next year. Like if you're on the draft board and you see Puka and cup, I think people may lean Puka to be honest with you. There
1: was a period of time and I'm sure Rams fans remember this where it was like, who is our true number one? Is it Brandon cooks? Is it Robert Woods? Is it Cooper cup? Because the season that they went to the super bowl in 2018, Cooper cup tours ACL against the Seattle Seahawks. So he wasn't able to play in that super bowl. It was like, so there was kind of like a constant rotation. You had Sammy Watkins on the team at one point. It was just, it's such an interesting. Josh uh, Reynolds. Yeah, Josh Reynolds was there. Now he's, he's putting up big numbers for Detroit. Um, so the the stats and the rookie records and what Puganico has done this season, couldn't talk about it enough. But yeah. the defensive side of the ball, this is what's going to be really interesting. And I, I, truthfully, Nick, like you, we talked about before the episode, Brett Rippon is waving the white flag starting him. Carson Wentz, if he plays anything like Brett Ripon, it's waving the white flag for the seventh seed. So that to me all makes sense. But Kobe Turner and Byron being in this game and not being sidelined, Kobe Turner is tied with Aaron Donald's sack record right now with nine in 16 weeks. And he's getting double teamed at a higher rate than Jalen Carter. He very much deserves the defensive rookie of the year. But another sack would break Aaron Donald's record which to me, I think would give him a really legitimate shot at actually winning the award. Byron Young also has seven or seven and a half. So if he has another, if he's also a contender, if he has two more sacks, he could break the record where Kobe Turner does it. And I don't, I mean, you're going into a playoff game where kids are breaking records on both sides of the ball. Your starters, your core players on both defense and offense are rested. Maybe that's the thought process. It's like, we don't really care. We we don't yeah. really care
0: if we don't that's, win this game because that's my we, thought as well. Also, there's a scenario. There's a scenario where you lose and Green Bay loses and you're still in the exact same spot. Exactly. So, I mean, exactly. I think you're also kind of betting on that in a way. Um, you know, you're putting a little bit on Justin Fields uh to beat Green Bay, and it'd be great because the Green Bay season would would end exactly the same way as it did last year with the game to get winning win and get in and then they lose.
1: Yeah, so I, that's what I'm, I'm really interested about because if he, if they win this game, the Rams win this game, and Green Bay wins, there's no ramifications whatsoever. But if the Rams lose and Green Bay wins, and the Chicago Bears are just, for the sake of the Rams' playoff hopes and, and dreams beyond this week, are playing really good football. Justin Fields looks like he's playing to save his job in Chicago. It mm-hmm. looks like they're all rallying around the coach as much as they possibly can, who they said is going to be around for next year. So crazy.
0: Iberflues's divisional record is insanely bad, but I guess it's just at the end of the day, it's probably just really hard to replace these guys. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'd
1: I'd like, but to your point, Nick, and we talked about this before the episode, I think the Rams are betting like they're, they're playing some poker right now. I think they're betting on the fact that the Chicago bears can go into Lambeau field with Justin Fields and go steal the game after Aaron Rodgers has talked so much shit about owning that team in that building. He's no longer there. Now it's I know, all and, about and he's still
0: talking game. about it. He's like, "Oh, <laughs> is, is there even a rivalry if uh, if we always win?" I'm like, "Dude, you made such a fuss about exiting that organization, and now you, because they're you know because you beat them consistently, don't uh, don't maybe know. I've talked
1: myself into it. But I'm a huge fan of taking the Bears to win that game on Sunday.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. It's now is that I, is that my heart at play a little bit too much? I think so. But I mean, like. But, yeah, you're right. It's like the Rams are gambling with Justin Fields, and they also are gambling with Carson Wentz. And I agree wholeheartedly that Wentz is a better option than, than Brett Rippon. I think we should have called him prior to Rippon ever getting the start. Um, but at the same time, Carson Wentz is not anywhere close to where Matthew Stafford is. So no. No. if you want to, like, legitimately go in there. I am very
1: curious because I feel like Carson Wentz is either going to play exactly the way that Baker Mayfield played around Christmas time last year, or he's going to be exactly like Brett Rippon and not be able to hold on to the ball. And, but he's, he's over 22,000 passing yards. He was an MVP favorite in 2017. That team went on to go win the super bowl behind Nick Foles team was constructed very well, but Carson Wentz was a superhero. Like if anybody's going to be, and if anybody's like legitimately going to have their hand in any kind of career resurgence for a specific player, it would be Sean McVay on Carson Wentz. I I'm, I wholeheartedly believe that maybe it's a little bit of fandom kicking in, but like just everybody unanimously agreed with the fact that Baker Mayfield could not play football in this league and Sean McVay turned him into a starter for a playoff team in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're going to host a playoff game against the, the Eagles or the Cowboys. Like, give me a break. I, I, have faith, um, I, but I, but it's there's also the possibility that it goes tragically bad.
0: For for everything that Sean McVay is, I will stand my ground on this on this point. I do not believe he is great at 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 developing quarterbacks. Yeah, I get um, it, and and I think some people leave him and they do better. Some people like he, you know, he needs to work with a quarterback mind that is already developed, and with Wentz. He, he, like yeah, he had a great start of his career, um, but it's like, what Wentz are we gonna get? Are we gonna get Colts Wentz? Are we gonna get Washington Wentz? Uh, you know, you yeah, could argue that like he had Frank Wright in two of those situations. One of them was really good, and one of them was really bad. And yeah, obviously, McShane McFay is a better coach than Frank Wright, but it sometimes yeah. it's just it, it's hard to beat that um, hero mentality out of people, which is what yeah, Wentz had, I mean, which I guess kind of I- cost him so much. I get you're totally right. I
1: guess in Carson's defense, it feels like that Frank Reich offense is going a little stale. You know, that's it seems like over the past couple of years now. I think their Eagles play caller is um, Brian Johnson. It just seems like a completely different offense, and everybody has collectively moved away from the Frank Reich offense. But I, I don't know if Carson Wentz is going to be a little bit more successful in a scheme that will not favor you know anything that's outside of just kind of giving the ball off and duo. And being in shotgun and simple reads and getting the ball out of your hand quickly, but I don't, you know, it's it's definitely going to be interesting. And you watch a guy like Joe Flacco, and you think to yourself, it could have just been that much more simple, and you don't have to make anything that much because you know Joe Flacco was a top pick and Carson Wentz was a top pick. But I'm interested to see how
0: it all unfolds. It's going to. It's going to come to a hedge with with this game. (laughs) I think we'll see it after the first quarter if Wentz can kind of do it or not. But regardless, we have more podcasts and we have playoff football to come. So this is just (laughs) but a taste. It was. It was. We
1: very much appreciate you guys always. Just wanted to make sure that we jumped in for another episode previewing the backup bowl, which many of fans across the league are calling it. But just make sure if you guys are enjoying the podcast, if you guys are enjoying the content, on twitter follow us at dean vez at nick vez at rams brothers make sure you guys are interacting with us we'll interact back but if you guys are enjoying the content just make sure that you are always is liking and subscribing it does way more for this business than you could ever imagine a subscription and a like and a comment on these episodes increases the reach and we just want to connect with more rams fans and uh just be able to spread the good word of rams football
0: yeah love it dean once again said right before he started he was going to start the episode that he was going to tell people to like and subscribe in the beginning he was not able to do that um let me just throw this in here at the very end of the episode we got nick's pick's current record is 40 we're ending the season because i'm i'm only going to give one pick today we're ending the season 43 40 and two so similar to the rams where we're gonna get in there and we're gonna have a winning season but we're gonna do it by just a hair i'm gonna give you uh dolphins plus three as my uh zag and only play of the week and I'm gonna leave you with that. I'm gonna leave you with the winning season on next picks and we love you guys. Thank you so much for Dean's Lock, Bears to cover.
1: <laughs> Last second throwing it in.
0: They're oh, they're Bears they're right. The yeah. Bears plus three. So Hey,
1: make some money. Rams in the sixth seed. We all win. Rams are playing some poker. We're playing some poker. Hopefully everybody ends the day with some money in their pockets. Cheaters, go Rams. We love you guys. Peace.